well. As per usual, we are syncopated like a group of small Jewish children. That sounded good to me, but... Uh... I'm not sure I understand how that's a thing or what that means, but I agree. If you're not a South Park, you know, aficionado, then it is purported that Jews do not have rhythm on that show. So I am also Jewish, then. That's the argument, but some people might have done that just by seeing it, so I, you never know. Well, the nose knows. Indeed, you can't say it. And the water remembers. And it water should. Mm-hmm. By the eternal. The Holt! Behold. Behold. Oh, sorry, guy. I, I, <laughs> that never happens. As per Where? usual, Michael's coming early. Go figure. Well, you see, it's because his microphone slipped forward in time. So it's not his fault. It's his microphone and Audacity's fault. It's not his fault. It's the the quantum mechanics of it all, apparently. So let's try this again, shall we, children? By the eternal, behold. Behold! It's the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Dadakato. And I'm Captain Technology. No, you are butt cheese 696969 69, or 69Q, whatever you want. I don't know. Our cannon is actually firing balls at this point and injuring circus midgets, so it's <laughs> getting more dangerous. But welcome to another Finer Than Frog Hair edition of the Disinformed Podcast. We are elated to have you with us as per usual. So how are you gentlemen doing? I mean, aside from my whole life being on fire, this is just fine. Uh, you should get that check then if you're if it, if it's on fire if it burns. Yeah. It usually does. I, I was gonna say it's John's knowledge is if it hasn't fallen off, it's still fine. There. Yeah, yeah. So by that logic, I am just barely fine. And by that logic, uh, the story from last week means that both Joe Biden should still be elected president, and I won't have anyone coming out of the woodwork to tell me that I did anything wrong no impropriety in that date at all. <laughs> I should have just Ooh. gone ahead with everything and waited for the tinglies to start below my yeah. Uh Michael, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm alive. That's uh, that's as much as I'll say. All right, Richard Edwards, well played. There we are. <laughs> yeah, so Shane, I, I know that we've only been living with the episode being live for two days now, but have you, have you heard anything from anybody yet uh, from your story? There is no feedback thus far. And That's I can't say that good hurts news. my feelings. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always happy to be able to just manage to escape unscathed as as a Teflon man. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, no news is good news. Yeah, or good news for people who love bad news. Yes, yeah. I suppose. I mean, whatever floats your boat, I, I guess. Or blows my non-existent hair back. <laughs> get you off whatever becky was posing a question to me uh much like last week as i'm walking up the stairs to to log on to to do start the show have Um, you uh swapped out a word for fap yet or no no i haven't haven't had the uh need yet okay Um, how about uh aggressively shafe oh i like that i can (laughs) can post that question uh her what was it has something to do with penis oh okay oh she was saying, because uh, I was quoting Tiger King to her, where Joe Exotic is talking about how, like, most of the men that he was with I, were allegedly... Oh, I, it's, it's I don't spoiler. want to. 
Okay. You 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 got you should Michael you'll you'll like it it's up your uh, alley you'll you'll uh, relate to a lot I, of those people. What it, should I be offended <laughs> by that? I don't know. Watch um, it and find out. Uh, <laughs> that was nice. um, but anyway, uh, Joe Exotic is talking about how most of the men he's been with or, or will be with end up being straight first, and then he kind of like takes them on over uh, with the the whole story of like so when you're watching porn, do you like seeing it? You know, the guy with the little little dick giving it to her the guy with the the bigger dick giving it to her and most of the time they're like well obviously the bigger dick and he goes oh then you ain't that straight are you (laughs) the trick question so what dick becky's like do you think there are people out there that are so like uh wound up and so like maybe like homophobic that they won't watch anything with another male in the video like just watching lesbian porn to, to to crank down to um and i yeah just the rules of the internet alone i'd have to say probably yeah that was my thought my initial reaction to that question as well like oh yeah of course there should be yeah well it's like i've I've always said lesbian porn does nothing for me and not because i'm not a feminist but uh mostly just because it feels like a party i'm not invited to (laughs) i remember you saying that it's it's like the you know the cool kids in the cafeteria as you're walking up with your tray and you're like i'm not welcome here no one wants me to eat at this table like i'm i'm just gonna go like i'm just gonna go sit over here with the nerds it's fine don't mind me say go on get now if you were gonna say that there were people gullible enough to be swayed into thinking that they were you know leaning towards interest in their same gender based on his you know like well you're not that straight are you uh i once as a senior in high school no i think it was a junior in high school i convinced one of my classmates oh my god i remember this that he had latent homosexual tendencies because he told me it's yeah john when we were talking about your shitter baiting uh He said that he would always get an erection whenever he would shit. And I would say like, oh, okay, well, you're, you're you know, anally stimulated. You're rectally stimulated. So you should probably try a relationship with a man or get pegged at some point. Since, you know, it seems to be something that's a natural occurrence, you might just lean into that. And he got really stern for a moment because he was a typical, you know, football playing, mouth breathing jock. And uh, he, he just, you know, didn't have the, the mental wherewithal to deal with my rationale there. And I was like, yeah, oh, you really should try it, Bruce. I'm, I tell you, you're going to love this. And, uh, you know, he walked away from me very stymied and I didn't see him for a good long while. So until he showed up on that episode of Tiger King that I've heard of, it's yeah. Uh, and then after that, he, he killed himself. He's dead now. Yeah. Totally dead. I'm attending his funeral <laughs> next week. <laughs> he died. It was tragic. It was, it was uh, he was one of the first people that got COVID. It, it was really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, you know, case, uh, you know, ground, ground zero. He got it. He got a dry cough with his ass and uh, it's with his ass peculiar. <laughs> So instead of watching Tiger King or what all the newfangled folks are watching these days, my rabbit hole is I'm watching like sports from 40 years ago. Okay. Ooh. Not longer. So I started watching, uh, I watched the uh, Boston Celtics versus the Los Angeles Lakers in the 1969 NBA finals. Nice. And then flash forward to the Boston Celtics versus the Phoenix Suns in the 1976 finals. Uh, and now I've just flashed forward today to the 80s. So I watched uh, game seven of the, uh, or maybe it was game six of the Lakers and the Philadelphia 76ers from 1980. 
uh, and then the 1984 Lakers Celtics game seven. So I'm just cycling my way up. Yeah. So you must have really been uh, like really pleased when you saw my message last night. I was. Uh, it was a, a marvelous thing that you and I are, are firing on the same cylinders. Uh, to clue you and Michael, I, I sent uh, Shane a message because there's sales going on on the uh, PlayStation Network right now. Uh, you know, for, you know, they do, it's monthly sales, dumb shit, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, NBA 2K is on like $20 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided just to, you know, go halvesies on it because I, I guess I should have checked. I'm assuming you can play against each other. Anyway, I text I Shane know. that. Text Shane yes, that I finally got, finally got 2K because I thought that he also had 2020. Turns out he has 2018, but we're, we're with each other in spirit. And I <laughs> also, I mean, while, while we were talking or like downloading it, I was like, well, I guess it makes sense for it to be on sale now because I mean, the season's fucking dead. Like, so you're, true. Not gonna, you're not going to make get much some money off of it. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's, uh, I, as has been verified here on many occasions i am a cheap bastard so if i can't find it for under ten dollars at zia i haven't bought it yet so i felt like i was pulling a u maneuver when i was like oh you know i probably wouldn't have bought it full price but twenty dollars that's that's great i've kind of gotten disgruntled with the 2k franchise uh the gameplay is fantastic i'm i was an ea sports kid but they kind of got me but now they sort of like microcharge you for everything and it's I really heard. frustrating. So yeah, I don't I don't support like the loot boxes and all that other stuff. It's 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 a waste of money. The other thing that frustrates is uh, after a couple of years, they no longer update their server, so I cannot play any of my created characters on 2K17, and now 2K18 just crapped out on me as well. So they force you to flash forward. You cannot play the the older games after a while because it just doesn't update so, anything. A created character is what you're saying. So yes, you can create your own player, and then you have a story mode that you go through as a career. So you know, I naturally, like most people, create myself and then go through the career and and it's a lot of fun because then you get to you know have upgraded skills and the more you play the better you get naturally as you would expect so practice actually pays off in that game because you can go work out and get more muscle and things like this so it's, it's an interesting dynamic and true to life but when you put in all of that effort and then you know a year later you can't access it anymore and the character's basically dead in the water it's not fun anymore yeah that would frustrate the ever-living piss out of me what i what i have been doing though is playing they have uh classic teams on there so akin to my watching classic basketball i can actually play as the 84 celtics championship team through Hmm. 2k because they have all those creative characters so i have a playoff (laughs) bracket right now is what i was playing in 2k 18 uh, with all of these older teams and sort of pitting championship teams from various years in a playoff bracket and then just going through and controlling the teams i want to well hell yeah we've gone total bizarre sports podcast for five seconds here but yeah it's a blast yeah Yeah. you can make shaquille o'neal from the lakers in his later years play shaquille o'neal when he was a young man playing for the orlando magic and it's a an interesting skill test that's when he has the two teardrop tattoo coming out of his eye correct or is that not that hasn't happened yet i didn't know that shaq Uh, joined the clan uh i was i'm like huh 
I I didn't know he had any tattoos like that. I to mean. get you back on the <laughs> Kevin Smith the circle around here is uh, you call yourself a Klansman, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I um, <laughs> speaking of gangs, I saw. I think I don't know what dumb fucking social media it was on, but someone shared a post of a news anchor in LA, like showing like how to use cloth or like, you know, for a face mask, the bandana. Yeah. It was a red bandana. And like the caption was, Hey, people of LA don't do this. Don't put that red shit on your face and walk around. (laughs) You ain't trying to roll up on a blood like that. It's kind of like there's an inside joke on your mom's house podcast um where they're, they're showing a clip of a guy who claims to be a blood and they would they would chant like suwu and it became an, suwu became an inside joke on the podcast to the point where they were they made a shirt that just said suwu um in red letters and they didn't get like cease and desisted but the la police uh kind of like wrote them an email like could you maybe not encourage people to endanger their lives by wearing these shirts out in public? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, boy. Michael, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, fapping Um, to? uh, I guess, like, the the most recent fascination I've gotten is uh, uh, watching this one guy. I think his name is, like, Jolly Wankor. I'm probably mispronouncing it. uh, So you are fapping. Yes, yeah, yeah, on Pornhub. No, um, he's a YouTuber that uh, plays a lot of Half-Life and Half-Life 2 mods. So, like, and I just started this, like, yesterday. I watched, like, him play a bunch of weird, like, spacey mods of, of like, a game that's more than 20 years old and a game that's more than 10 years old. So. It's always cool but, to see game mods, like, turning the dragons in Skyrim into, uh, what is it, Thomas? Thomas the Tank Engine, that yeah. is honestly my favorite Skyrim. So you'll, um, you'll just mod. look up and just all you'll see is just, just, doop, top, doop. just yeah. zipping around the fucking sky. Oh, yeah. It's, it's terrifying. Uh, it's, oh, it is terrifying, especially when you're not, when you don't know and you just hear like a, a whistle like from behind <laughs> you and you're like, oh, shit. Like it's honestly more terrifying than the dragon roar. <laughs> Because it's um, like, oh, it's a fantasy setting. It's like, no, there's a train right behind you, fucker. No, you're like, what's happening is you're in the middle of drawing of the three when you're playing that game from that point forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just Blaine, waiting for Blaine. Blaine the yeah. Mono is just creeping up behind you, preparing to smash your gunslinging ass into the ground. Yeah. Um, did you guys, did I tell you guys about I'm Sorry, John? Oh, r slash I'm Sorry, John? Yeah. That subreddit? I love that subreddit. It's subreddit. Actually, if there were a subreddit that would... A, a non-porn related subreddit that would get Shane into using Reddit frequently. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I think I think he would enjoy it. Yes, definitely. So essentially, they take Garfield and they throw a Lovecraftian lens over it and turn Garfield into like almost like a uh, like dead deadlights uh, kind of like Lovecraft monster that is. Yes. You know, you have shown me some of the uh, stills and like the okay. captures from it. So yes, I, I, th- I, I knew it's so you that I, I knew I had shown it to you at some point. I had to have. I do love also that in our canon, I am the Grandpa Simpson of this podcast <laughs> where I'm just standing in the you know, front of my yard and goes, <laughs> prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> do it. You won't. Uh, well, we, uh, we actually have a topic today. We yeah, do a, a well-researched topic, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh six pages long. 
with uh, a lot of interesting, uh, funny insight and media circusry, bullshittery. This Sorry. is your last chance. If I fall asleep, this is your fault. This okay. Finished. Cursed <laughs> piece. Ah. <laughs> um. But no, today we're gonna cover the uh, the state of Tennessee versus John Thomas Scopes, uh, also known as the Scopes Monkey Trial. Uh, to, I'm just going to start off by saying the 30 second elevator pitch because I feel like it's a good summation of like what we're going to be talking about. Mm, let's scope it out. Yeah. Um, it was in a, there and I didn't like it. Thank you. I'm glad. That's what I'm here for. You didn't like it. Um, it was an American legal case in July, 1925. Bullshit. In, you caught me. It wasn't a case. Nah. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, in which a high school teacher known as John T. Scopes uh, was accused of violating Tennessee's Butler Act, which made it unlawful to teach human evolution in any state-funded school. Uh, the trial, and this, were, this was pretty much where it was like a media circus and all that, it was deliberately staged in order to attract publicity to the small town of Dayton, Tennessee. So, yes, that was like, give a little bit origin now. Um, state representative known as John Butler, who won't appear after this point. I just wanted to give the name because he was the name of the Butler Law. Because but I was, was a Tennessee. Say, they, yeah. As opposed to chimpanzees, were the only things allowed to be butlers, and so that's the evolutionary tract. <laughs> yes. It's like yeah. a, you know organ grinder there with a little chimp with the hat on running around. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was a he was a farmer. Because I love giving occupations for people that are anti-science. Mm-hmm. Um, Butler, you know, the farmer. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. John Butler, the Tennessee farmer. Uh, he was also <laughs> head of... Uh, I'm uh, sorry, John. Yeah. But he was also <laughs> head of a Christian fundamental association. The name isn't important. But he okay. lobbied state legislatures to pass... Wow, I, I, almost, I almost fumbled that word. Lobbied state legislatures to pass anti-evolution laws. He succeeded when the Butler Act was passed in Tennessee in March of 1925. Okay. He, he volunteered his tribute. Yes. He later stated, I don't know anything about evolution. I'd read in the papers that boys and girls were coming home from school and telling their mothers and their fathers and mothers that the Bible was all nonsense. So that was his main I mean, motivation. He's not wrong. Yes. And their but, mothers and their fathers and their mothers. Yes. Or their fathers um, and their mothers and their fathers. In your or, head in your head in my head they're crying mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry hey, one one off the rails there we go yeah. um, hey track. michael <laughs> can, can i get this out uh, in the front real quick sure if shane or i catch a majority of the lies on this episode can yeah. you in turn shave down to just a mustache because you'll look just like ned flanders oh no <laughs> no I okay. You know what? Oakley, Oakley. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll do the bet. How yeah. many lives do you have? There are five. I have five. Yes, I did it say five earlier. Michael earlier. So do you want to do you want to play it super fair? And if we catch three, yes. All right, cool. But you have to catch them 
at the moment. So how right, we right, usually right. play the game. Okay. I, I like where your head's at, but at the same time, I shudder at where, you know, <laughs> this puts down or precipitates because I'm not shaving shit. I, I'm not either. It's just that uh, how you guys look on camera right now um all you can see is my stash you can't really see my beard shane's pot filter covers his whole face so he just looks like wilson on home improvement just peeking over the fence and then michael yeah like your your pot filter isn't uh the same brand so yeah just kind of like circles out your mouth so all i can see (laughs) is your mustache (laughs) yeah because that's all i see right now to be complimentary to you it doesn't look like a it doesn't look bad like you're a native arizonan so like it kind of fits with the, the the culture of being uh in the wild west you're entire life Hmm. oh oh. (laughs) you know what's funny is i was seeing that in the basketball games like i was chuckling at this is like from the 70s where the mustache was in style and most everybody had mustaches very few people had beards i was sitting there like god i'm glad we managed to you know flux forward here and we don't have to deal with this but while we're on the subject for a brief moment not to derail because i know you're good i hate doing this but john can we tell the story of where the nickname mustache emanated from you take it away oh okay well so um when we were releasing our first single for damn the weather we wanted to take a bunch of pictures and the individual who was our fashion advisor at the time we required one of these apparently when we had management yes we were told we needed to have our look sort of break broken down okay (laughs) well i think i think the clarification on that is that we hadn't even put out a single yet right we were nascent this manager in particular was used to working with pop bands where image is 50% oh, of the okay. whole thing. So I get it, but, and but yeah. to Shane's point too, it's like, uh, how about we find out what we sound like before you dress us up? And also based on prior conversations from John's ex-girlfriend, there were two fat, ugly boys in the band. So, I mean, aesthetic was not going to be our strong selling point. But uh, so we went out shopping, we bought clothing, or at least some of us bought clothing to try to augment the look. And in the midst of this, we were told that there were too many beards in the band. So that we needed to sort of amend this because everybody with the exception of like our drummer had kind of stubble. And it wasn't like a full beard, but he was mostly sort of unshaven. John had a beard, I had a beard, our bassist Mike had a beard, and our other guitar player had a beard. Everybody had a beard. So John agreed he would, he was planning on getting rid of the beard anyway. So he just took it down to a mustache. I cut the mustache out because I have had like the Abraham Lincoln look for a long time. So I just shaved down to that. All the other motherfuckers kept their beards. So apparently the reduction by two was sufficient for how we were looking and, you know, bless beer, you know, good old Joe Lynn for saying that that was all that was required. But uh, so then John, once he shaved, it was such an interesting look because I had never seen him simply with the mustache that mustache became, you know, his nickname later on because we played our first show out as a full band. And we had a rough night because we were playing in a Christian coffee shop. This is a story that devolves even further than this. But but you've you've told that story before, yes. I, I believe, yeah, in a prior episode. Mm-hmm. So we had gotten a little unruly by the end of it because we were all kind of having a, a rough go. And maybe this was another night. Am I remembering correctly, John? Like it, this was like an acoustic <clears throat> show that you and I did. It I was think, when we did the residency. <sighs> 
Yeah, I we played so many shows there that I don't really yeah. remember the, so, the whole rigmarole. But it's yeah. inconsequential to the story. But nonetheless, we were playing and we were told we were too loud and we needed to turn down. And John, in John's glorious non-passive aggressive way, got on the microphone. And he's like, "I hope that this is quiet enough for all of you objecting people out there." You know, sort of something <laughs> akin to this. It got a little snippy. And as we were finishing up for the evening, the gentleman who was running the bar and serving drinks and everything kind of floated over to me. And he threw out the line that will live on in infamy, where he's like, are you guys having a good night? And I was like, yeah, it was a great time. Thanks for having us. He's like, oh, I find that you know difficult to believe because mustache there's got a bit of an attitude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, in my head, I was just thinking like, well, that was pretty close to me, like, changing lanes from being in metal music to going to like indie acoustic alternative but at the end of the day i am just an asshole and like when when we are hired to to be somewhere um i was kind of green to doing the residencies at that point where i wasn't aware that like you're getting paid but you're not really doesn't matter if people hear you (laughs) so so i think i think that was uh in the moment me learning that and also protesting it but also accepting it because it's good to make money (laughs) it's also selling out you mean yeah (laughs) this is also on the heels of the white buffalo story where john screamed at a room full of people uh you know because they weren't keen on having another metal band like Oh yeah, then uh, this is it, and then we'll talk about you and your monkeys. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the band I was in before uh, Shane and I started playing together, or it was like right around the same time. Like they kind of right. there's a little bit of an overlap. Um, it was a party rock metal ish band, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like akin to like Every Time I Die, uh, heavily inspired like by the Foo Fighters as far as tempo is concerned. Oh, okay. Um, they were like but, described as Andrew WK kind of ish, I think was. Yeah, like we, yeah. we literally made the intent of the band just to be fun. Like the, the tempo would never go below like, like 180 or like something just arbitrary. And it was a lot of fun. It was a workout to be on that stage. Oh, I bet. Like 30 minutes, <laughs> 30 minute sets, you were just dripping. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Going at 180. But, like <laughs> we, uh, we got put on a, a show with Great White Buffalo, which is not a party rock band. They're more what, like an Americana yeah, post country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the promoters for the show didn't really do their due diligence on the supports that they booked. Or listen at so, all, apparently. Yeah, so they, <laughs> it was a three-band a three bill. Uh, three or four-band bill. And I, we were, like, in the middle. But the opener opening band in particular was not they were just metal like super screamy uh just stereotypically metal and the promoter comes up to me and goes hey your music doesn't sound like this right <laughs> and i was like i mean no in the back of my head i was like we're good <laughs> but, um, Damn. but i was like i was like no i was like i mean we're you know we're we're energetic for sure he goes, no, no screaming and i was like there's some he's like well if there could be no screaming that'd probably be you know preferable and again it's probably just the it's like the early 20s or like just yeah early 20s kind of thing in me where i was just like why is it my yeah why is it my it's not my fault you didn't do your fucking job so that set in particular i screamed more 
on every song than I usually would have. And I tried to turn us for that set in particular more into a metal band than what we were doing. And by the time we, when we got off stage, our, our guitar player took me aside and he goes, Hey, that was a great set. And I was like, thanks man. He goes, that being said, that's really fucking immature what you just did. And, I was like, <laughs> and also like he was antagonizing the crowd. Like, Hey, we got a couple more songs for him. We'll get to your fucking white Buffalo bullshit. I <laughs> <laughs> right, just harangue in the headliner <laughs> and told this story to me with such relish. And I was at the time, I'm like, Hey, I like the white Buffalo. Like it's, it's really great music. Like, oh, they're fucking shit. I was like, it's not his fault. Yeah. And we all know how this goes. Like they didn't see our set. Like they yeah. didn't. Like they they were doing their own thing. But yeah, man, it's a good yeah. story. It was one of my favorites of yours. We were just like, thank you for reminding just... me about that. I mean, it's always a, a pleasant uh, you know, breath of fresh stale air to to yeah. realize that I'm I'm just a bag of shit throughout <laughs> the ages. So. I just love that you know John's doing that whole like yeah we you totally just blew up the martini ranch where i basically just threw hot napalm on everybody's faces and walked off stage <laughs> like oh cool that's awesome yeah. i drew all of five pre-sale tickets and i thought that i was entitled enough to be able to be upset <laughs> oh it's a beautiful thing anyway michael i'm sorry <laughs> welcome back to the scopes trial no that was that was good i i liked it it was a the good, good side of, uh, of tennessee will have to indulge us for and, a little bit here and how let's go ahead and reiterate if we guess three i don't even give a shit about five if we guess three he's going down to a mustache and that's what caused this tangent in the first place okay. michael the floor is yours well it's not technically because i think we should probably state for those who aren't uh, familiar with our concept here <laughs> at all, if you've never encountered our format, what we usually do is we will present an esoteric topic and the goal whilst doing so is to whip in a little bit of lies about the topic just for funsies to see whether or not the other two impotent assholes paying attention to the course of this will be able to pick those lies out. But now we are upping the stakes with uh, including like a, you know, Kermit's gauntlet here or uh, <laughs> Jackoff's knife here. If you do not, you know, if you find the lies, then Michael's got to start losing body parts. So now the floor is officially yours. The only question I have is what if you guess incorrectly? Cause I feel like that should benefit me in some regard. No, if we get through C's get degrees. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, uh, I think a minus, locks. like a, a negative, a false, a false uh, guess should benefit me in some way. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you get we one five minutes off of the episode. No, that well, so you don't have that, that much editing to do. Uh, yeah, but if I no, oh shit, you put me in a box here. Okay, I think, Michael, I think how about if this? you if, if you we... do an incorrect bull, uh, incorrect guess, that ups the limit to a maximum of five. Obviously, so. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the actual thing that we could do is we will pay attention the more that we miss. So, yeah, that's fair. I, uh, I, I, I guess that will, no, that won't really benefit me because you might catch them more often. Um, well, well, okay, we'll just go. I'm, I'm I, gonna... I think it's reasonable to up the ante here. Of, yeah. You know, if we miss uh, a bullshit, then, you know, we get an added sort of tack on to, to give you a buffer so you don't have to shave to the, just the mustache. Cool. I'll go with that. All right. So, the Tennessee governor signed the law to gain support among rural legislators, but 
He believed that the law would neither be enforced nor interfere with education in Tennessee schools. And this was in the 20s that this took place? 25? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bill was signed, was passed in, on, uh, in March of 1925. Okay. Um, William Jennings Bryan, who we will see in a minute. So I've, I've cut away a lot of the names because there were a lot of mildly important people, but I cut it to just the, the few star people, um, aside from John Butler because his name was mildly important and I wanted to include him. But William Jennings Bryan, who we will see, who was important, he thanked the governor enthusiastically for the bill, saying, the Christian parents of the state owe you a debt of gratitude for saving their children from the poisonous influence of an unproven hypothesis. All right, then. Uh, Now, Williams Jennings Bryan, this is not a hyphenate, I hope. No. um, I believe that is his full name. Why, why uh, so, do you keep adding in people's middle names here? That was how he was referenced to in the <laughs> in on in the article or in the Wikipedia article, but also that was how because I had learned about him in a previous history class. Okay, because full he name actually, was apparently very important in the course of a lot of these situations we're running into. Yes, now, people's middle names were important in the early 1900s or 1800s or whatever. Apparently, um, so. That was the origins. In response, the American Civil Liberties Union, or the ACL, fuck, of course I get the (laughs) name right, but the acronym, ACLU, offered to defend anyone accused of teaching the theory of evolution in defiance of the Butler Act. Bless them. Which is, exactly, that's, I mean, that's, anytime I see anything about the ACLU, that's like, essentially what they're doing. Like, I see liberties being threatened, let's do something about it. Um, at so, no point during the course of this did anybody bring up the separation of church and state and why, you know, putting in litigation against, you know, the rubric for school is, is a problem. Not that I saw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh. just makes this whole thing just, it, if I could describe this case, it would be a clusterfuck. It's reasonable. Okay. <sighs> so local leaders in Dayton, Tennessee saw their chance. If they could find a teacher who would teach evolution in class, they could host the trial, which was bound to be a national event, which they were right. Mm. Um, The superintendent of the school board, a local store, fuck, a local store store owner. store fuck? (laughs) Yes. uh, Prostitute is what we call them nowadays. Ooh, Uh, Sorry, sex worker. That's a sport fuck, thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, the, The superintendent of the school board, a local store owner and two local lawyers searched for a teacher who would help out, eventually finding John Scopes uh, after the school's regular science teacher turned them down. Now, Scon Jopes. Scon Jopes. Yep. Now, yep. Scopes was not their sci- the regular science teacher? No. He was actually a substitute for the regular biology teacher. Oh. Um, he agreed to be tried for violating the act. Um, he was charged in early May uh, 1925. Uh, so again, the same year, just two months after it was after the act was passed. He was charged in early May with teaching evolution from a chapter in a textbook called Civic Biology Presented in Problems, uh, which described the theory of evolution, race, and eugenics. So... He also, at this point, he urged his students to testify against him, against him and coach them in their answers. Again him. 
Again, yeah. either you with him or you again him. Right? Uh, he was indicted on May 25th, which I think that means that he goes to an actual like trial. Um, after three students testified him against him uh, at the grand jury. Now, I had to look this up because I didn't know what a grand jury was. Okay. It's an jury empowered by law to conduct legal proceedings and investigate potential criminal conduct and determine whether criminal charges should be brought. It's basically what they do prior to taking it to a judge. So okay. it's, it's, they bring in to see whether or not there is grounds to actually uh, initiate a trial. Okay. So, all right, then that makes sense then. Um, one student afterwards told important. Oh, Christ. And you want to narrate the story? No, I actually thought about yeah, it. Also, um, was, it uh, was it actually, was eugenics actually part of that whole thing? I was it going was. to say that he paused for too long and I was thinking about it, but did yes. I get one? You yeah. Did. Well done. <sighs> Two more to go. Motherfucker. No, 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 no. It was true. No. <laughs> you got to think about the time as well. Eugenics was a big deal back then in social Darwinism. So I, I knew keeping that in there and pausing because I know like that, that's an obvious tell. Yeah. Cause that's in your show notes. You put, dramatic pause dramatic pause <laughs> no here. i wish no i didn't do that but no it was true um, okay i even want i originally put a note there saying because not you know it can't all be right about stuff it's like you know it's also interesting in 20s. that that predates you know world war ii where of course eugenics became a very important part of the process <laughs> yeah, oh yeah like in the national consciousness yeah oh definitely um so yeah so then that's one for me uh so then i would say that you try, need John. you need four lies which makes me a lot more happy because i don't i don't think you'll i don't think you'll find four um i was a little nervous that you'd find three but i don't know if what's, you'll find uh, what's gonna happen though michaels we're just gonna come to your house and shave down to your mustache regardless we're just gonna hold you down and shave all that it shit would not be the first time that i've stood over you while you sleep nor will as it long as it's six feet away, then that's all that matters. Well, my, my spit is six feet away. I was going to say, uh, John's going to be standing over you looking like Pennywise, just drool hanging down off of his mouth. And oh, when you said that, like, I thought you were talking about from chapter two, where it's like in the House of Mirrors. And it's like he's on the other side of the mirror and his tongue's all out and everything. So I guess, Clint Eastwood, the question that I'm asking you is, do you feel lucky? Because I feel like I can throw rope for like six feet away. I don't want to test that theory because you know what? I, I, I can believe it. I believe oh, it. The, at the very I'm least, I'll just this. Neanderthal it and I'll just throw it into my hands and then throw it at you. We call that the silence of the lambs. Just <laughs> or the, or the Spider-Man. <laughs> I bit my wrist. Look at the blood. Migs. Um, <laughs> one student afterwards told reporters uh, while evolution is the devil's work, taking hold of our once proud nation, I don't like the government telling me what I can or cannot be taught. It just ain't right. What I can or cannot be taught? Yeah. Okay. They're trying well, to take our germs. The Turk our germs. English was apparently very important to the Tennessee school folk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Judge John T. Ralston, who is um, an important character, mm. um, he accelerated the convening of the grand jury. And, quote, all but instructed the grand jury to indict Scopes, despite the meager evidence against him, 
and the wildly reported stories questioning whether the willing defendant had ever taught evolution in the classroom. So there's that. And that was a quote that pretty much, the, sorry, am I talking too loud? Uh, I'll move this away as well. Okay. Because um, I leaned forward and I got, I got really excited. Yeah, I can um, tell. It's, it's, I've been kind of gauging whether or not I wanted to say anything, but it just continues to escalate. So I'm like, before we get any further, we, I might as well just get you. I'll just install like a stick or something that's like... Just keep your hand right here at all times just to make sure I, you separate. I can't do also, that. Also, a good, good trick is you put a fist uh, between your chin and the mic. Oh, Pretend no, mine is like... Mine Pretend like you're doing away. like bathroom karaoke. Yeah, for for and you, just, and I know it's something you're used to, like two hands, just uh, walrus. Yeah, just like that. Walrus, yes. Um, okay, <laughs> anyway. no, I'll, I'll. This should be fine. Okay. I I move the mic away, so if I lean forward a little bit, then it should yeah. And also, just you know, calm down. No. I can't calm down. I'm I'm wired. I I took like several lines of cocaine before we oh, started. Good. Um, and that is canon. <laughs> uh, okay, so Scopes was charged with having taught from evolution in violation of the Butler Act and was nominally arrested, uh, though he was never actually detained. Um, the then owner of the Baltimore Sun, the largest newspaper in circulation based out of Maryland, uh, put up the five hundred dollar bail for Scopes. Oh, so like this shit's going to be interesting. Oh yeah, and they I kind of edited them out in a lot of the story, but they are a major player in um this case, the the newspaper. Anybody um, who has watched the last season of The Wire can kind of run with like, "Hey, well, if we can't find the news, we'll make the news." Pretty much. Uh so that now we assemble our teams which if this was a movie this would be a you know montage of people you know being assembled um I took out a lot of the names because they hardly appear but essentially for the prosecutor team uh the two attorneys the local attorneys were the original prosecutors um but it was um and while the prosecution was ultimately led by another attorney and several other people the most important and popular name that people at the time recognized and what we'll use uh, was the man that I mentioned earlier, William Jennings Bryan. He was a three-time Democratic presidential nominee and a former U.S. Secretary of State. Um, he was put on the trial despite the fact that he had not taught or not taught, not tried a case in over 36 years. Um, Scopes later pointed out that after Brian was accepted by the state as a special prosecutor for the case, there was never any hope of containing the controversy within the bounds of constitutionality. So essentially that like by putting on this big name celebrity lawyer who actually hadn't done a case and forever. Fuck, fuck the whole thing up. Yeah, exactly. Um, for the defense, uh, the main man who, who the head uh, was man. a man. Looking My man uh, was a man named John R. Neal, um, who announced that he would act as Scope's attorney, whether Scope liked it or not, which that was the only reason why I included his name. Um, while he was the leading attorney, he was not the most popular. So that the date guy, rapist of attorneys. Yes. Um, that guy was a man named Clarence Darrow, who was an agnostic American lawyer who became famous for defending many high-profile clients, especially 
for defending a teenage, uh, two teenage thrill killers uh, known as Leopold and Loeb. I've mentioned those names because I think, yeah, Loeb. Uh, I, I think, do you listen to any true crime podcasts, John? I listened to Last Pod on the Left, and that's about it. Okay. I put those names out there just in case, like, they rang a bell for either of you. Uh, it would have been 1924, whatever. But essentially, those two teenage thrill killers murdered a 14-year-old the year, like, the year prior, and he defended them. So he was already in the national consciousness as, like, pretty much I thought of him as, like, an early 20th century, like, Johnny Cochran. Uh, the guy from the OJ murder trial who said, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Um, that's what I thought him as. Mm-hmm. Um, so he later said that, or he originally had declined joining the trial, fearing that his presence would create a media circus, like a circus atmosphere. Which um, there already was one. He eventually signed on when he realized the trial would be a circus with or without him. Um he mentioned that he realized there was no limit to the mischief that might be accomplished unless the country was aroused to the evil at hand. Um, it was one of his deciding like reasons for joining. Um, at one point, H.G. Wells was asked to join the defense team. Um, the Shit. locals, yes. Um, he replied that he had no legal training in Britain, let alone in America, and he declined the offer. Did you did you call bullshit on that, John? I did. Oh, okay. sorry, I, I didn't catch say, that. I think you glossed over it. You yeah. did gloss yeah. over it. Yeah. Um, it was not bullshit. All right. Well, you can keep the mustache. Perfect. Um, Just the mustache. Nah, because you already missed a uh, you already missed a lie too. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was something that I thought was interesting. The local store store owner who was originally he. I, who thought up this whole plan he reached out to hg wells to be like hey you should join this defense because it's interesting and wells was like but why would he want wells to join the defense because he's a big name i figured because they're all the main idea behind starting this whole case was to make dayton tennessee more publicized to to make put him in the spotlight right right and what better way to do that than have a big name because I I don't remember exactly when the um um when his book uh, when uh oh my goodness I can't remember the fucking name of the book the radio play yes the radio play the of War of the Worlds yes thank okay. you all right you you read my you read you saw through my stroke that I had right there I wish um, I didn't oh well you guessed right then okay. um I don't know exactly when that radio play occurred but I remember off the top of my head it was around the twenties. So if his books are already having radio plays made of them, that, that he was a big name back at the time, like a, mm. a celebrity of sorts. Yeah. So maybe by including him, even if he was just a namesake, um, that would increase the publicity of the trial. I'm just in my head. I'm trying to find what the correlation is between this science fiction writer and, you know, human evolution. They didn't eugenics. really... Like they didn't really mention, just at least that I recall, straws. like why, but he was just like just reached out to him. So yeah, uh, you never know. Yeah. Addis- uh, additionally, while the case was being covered by newspapers from the South and around the world, including the Baltimore. Uh, why did I write that way? 
Essentially, because the, the case Baltimore was, Sun was kind of the one that had a vested interest in it. Yes, so they also were paying it. part of the defense's expenses. Right. So he, like the Baltimore Sun, was covering um, yeah. the trial, as you'd expect. Yes, um, it was actually a journalist writing for the Baltimore Sun who provided the trial with its most colorful labels, such as the monkey trial of the infidel Scopes. Um, also, Jesus. as a little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Also, as a fun fact, it was the first U.S. trial to be broadcast on national radio. All right, then. H.G. Wells did it. Yes. You said so, this is in Tennessee? Tennessee, yes. Okay. Uh, Dayton, Tennessee. Not to be confused with Dayton, Ohio. You were probably thinking Dayton, Ohio. Huh? For a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, kind of uh, lead up to the actual trial, which occurred in uh, July, in mid-July. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of setup for it because he was indicted in uh, May, May, uh, right. on May 25th. Yeah. On May 24th, about a month before the Scopes trial, uh, the Times, so the New York Times, wrote that a state representative had asked the War Department uh, for tents to house all the expected visitors to Dayton. Um, plans were also made to create a railroad city of residential railroad cars. Um, the Science Association, whoever the fuck that was, um, even proposed, nerds. right? that a trial the trial be held in a stadium um what the, the fuck <laughs> exactly the new york times called dayton the evolution arena um a town known primarily for its strawberry production had suddenly become a new entertainment capital um known as the monkey town throughout the country dayton capitalized on the influx of visitors and press uh new soda shops and restaurants sprang up charging as much as they could to visitors and members of the media Darn it. I don't know why forward. you are so aggressive about this, my friend. But, I'm so uh, excited about this because, yeah. like, I, I, I like this trial because it's just – it's such a representative of just, like, media circus bullshit. It's great. Just don't hate – fuck your microphone. That's all I'm asking. <sighs> but I hate it. If you do, so you'll clean much. it up later. And how. Oh, I already need to clean it up. On July 13th, <laughs> uh, 1925, uh, the Media Times reported – on the arrival of various attractions to Dayton. So this was about a week before the trial, I believe. Um, promoters li- cruelly labeled and marketed one man as the missing link. And there were chimpanzees as well. Uh, two separate trainers brought chimps to town. And William Jennings Bryan had exclaimed wonderful when he saw them. A cameraman had also come along to film the spectacle, uh, including a famous chip chimp named Joe Mendy. Now, why would the prosecutor be excited about seeing chimps? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael. The uh, Vox website or the Vox article that I read about this case, what, that's where I got that information from. All right. Well, uh, by the eternal. Behold. Um, at one point during the case, uh, the prosecution even tried getting one of the chimpanzees as a witness uh, with the goal of asking if it was related to Darrow the the popular defense prosec- uh, uh, guy. Yeah, I was going to um, say, John, I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to have to call bullshit on that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you got me. There's a degree to which I can believe the American judicial system has a little wiggle room <laughs> in Tennessee, but I sincerely doubt that you can, you know, send, sign an affidavit for a chimpanzee. <laughs> the stenographer alone would be losing her shit. <laughs> that would actually be quite funny to see how they would record it 
We like have shorthand for a chimp. <laughs> and we're back. Well, that was interesting. Oh yes. Yeah. Ah, okay. So, uh, now nah, we don't need to explain what happened. Let's expand our scope. Tom Fullery. Uh, okay. So the actual trial. Oh yeah, actually, yes, you did get a bullshit. So you are one. You have one point. So we're back to um, three again. Three more to go. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, three more to go. Yes, yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Okay. So but we're already what? Like three lies down. Uh. Yeah, I mean, we we basically are. We're not going to see him with a mustache at this point. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll think I mean, about it. We will um, see him dead. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Damn. Get him. Darkest timeline. Yeah, that's uh that's a little bit rough. Okay. <laughs> anyway, bring it, monkey man. So the actual trial. So now we're on the actual trial. Stop screaming. <laughs> I'm doing my best. Die. <laughs> um, okay. So the actual trial. So the ACLU, the defense originally intended to oppose the Butler Act on the grounds that it violated the teacher's individual rights and academic freedom and was therefore unconstitutional. Mm. Princely, because of the Clarence Darrow, the popular defense guy, this strategy changed as the trial progressed. Uh, The earliest argument proposed by the defense once the trial had begun was that there was actually no conflict between evolution and creation, uh, the creation account in the Bible, uh, later called theistic evolution, In support of this claim, the defense brought in eight experts on evolution. Mm. Aside from one... There were eight evolutionary experts by the 20s? It was all of them. There was just eight. And they got Mm. them all in there because they were clamoring for things to do. Every (laughs) last one. Well, aside from one zoologist, uh, the judge would not allow these experts to testify in person. Mm. Instead, they were allowed to submit written statements so that their evidence could be used at the appeal. Uh, in response to decision, this decision, Darrow made a say, oh my God, okay. <laughs> Shaking my head. <sighs> in response to this decision, Darrow made a sarcastic comment to Judge Ralston, as he often did throughout the trial, on how he had been agreeable only on the prosecution's suggestions darrow apologized the next day which kept himself from being found in contempt well i mean but also if you're taking into account that the judge essentially forced it through and you know is arguing unless that's bullshit but uh i i I would say that causes a, a bit of alarm if i'm working for the defense or it's like well you were angling for this for a reason so let's call this a mistrial right now other than the fact that we know we're just trying to gain attention for this you know that the fix is in so it's kind of like a rigged fight welcome to professional wrestling in a courtroom basically shit yeah <laughs> um i'm i'm it doesn't specifically say but i assume at this point they probably thought the same thing um speaking of which the presiding judge john t ralston who was the same one from the grand jury mind you hmm. was accused of being biased towards the prosecution and frequently clashed with darrow go figure mm-hmm. here you go uh here's another warning bell a warning sign 
Uh, at the outset of the trial, Ralston quoted Genesis and the Butler Act. Ooh, I've been listening to a lot of Genesis. Which album? Um, <laughs> I, I the, uh, the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway? Yes, that one, yeah. Oh, also, okay. Shane, you still owe me a playlist. I'm working on it. I have been just so caught up in listening. I'm, I'm not kidding. I got six records all at the same time. Fantastic. So I have been wow. barreling through stuff and kind of getting it set. So yes, it will be headed your way soon, I assure you. Okay, thank you. Um, the judge also warned the jury not to judge the merit of the law, which would become the focus of the trial, incidentally enough, but on the violation of the act, which he had called a high misdemeanor. Oh, well, how high were they? Apparently too high. Too damn high. In too the- damn high. You Thank don't you for the rep. Yes. The balls. <laughs> you don't have the balls. <laughs> uh, one of the lawyers who was part of the defense, uh, Malone, who was an international divorce lawyer, lawyer, which I thought was interesting. That- lawyer. The lawyer. But he responded for the defense at uh, one point um, in a speech that was universally considered the orator. Orator- oratorical climax fuck oratorical <laughs> climax yes i'm with you of the trial well done arousing fears of inquisitions malone argued that the bible should be preserved in the realm of theology and morality and not put into a course of science in his conclusion malone declared that brian's duel to the death air quotes against evolution should not be made one-sided by a court ruling that took away the chief witnesses for the defense Okay, so (laughs) I uh, I've been rewatching Venture Brothers, and I just finished season one, and the I I promise this tracks to me it does at least. There's the Trial of the Monarch episode, yes, and there's Tiny Lawyer, uh huh, which Shane might be able to describe better than I can, but essentially it's this very it's like. old Redenbacher looking ass. It's it's an effete sort of southern dandy. It's a, a foghorn leghorn for for lack of a better term. And does he not at one point have like a He lives inside the chest of a large fellow. So he's it's basically like Quato from Total Recall the 84 film. Okay, like, nothing ah. Well, okay. so actually, no, that gentleman delivering this now. I'm not 100% certain. I might try and check this future. Meanwhile, I try and check this and like find some links or something like that to prove it. But I think that old Southern gentlemanly lawyer is a stereotype that derived from William Jennings Bryan. Mm. I'm not because 100% in my certain. Head, he kind of sounds like this, and he is describing civil liberty. And <laughs> well, why I... would you think that that would be appropriate for you to do, given in light of these current circumstances? With I like how you gave him like a Tyson lisp. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a good one. Um, but there's not that stereotype isn't just found in Venture Bros. It's also in Futurama. Oh, it's it's, fun. it's everywhere. But yeah, this... exactly. It just I mean, like, so there's probably at least I... one or two Looney Tunes where Foghorn Leghorn played a lawyer. Oh, absolutely. So it's, it's just funny that all I could hear was that voice in my head when you're talking about the proceedings, because that's all I, I it's all I can see right now is tiny lawyer uh, talking about <laughs> evolution. So anyway, um, let's see. In his conclusion, Malone declared that Brian's duel to the death against evolution should not be made one-sided by a court ruling that took away the chief witnesses for the defense. A Malone promised plea. 
Yeah. Malone promised there would be no duel because, quote, there is never a duel with the truth. Okay, At that Batman. point, he claimed, I rest my case and sat down. Okay, so <laughs> Jesus, he knows me and he knows I'm right. We're back on the Genesis kick again. <sighs> on the sixth day of the trial, the defense ran out of witnesses, probably because they were all getting, yeah, exactly. <sighs> um, the judge declared that all the defense testimony on the Bible was irrelevant and should not be presented to the jury, which had been excluded during the defense. <laughs> I see you shaking your head there, Shane. I, I just I remember that my my caveat to this being presented was we cannot continue to dogpile on Christianity and this makes me want to do so very violently. Oh uh, so, well, I mean it does lend itself to that for sure. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. I mean, this is more characters and people, not necessarily, or more like individuals, not necessarily groups or. I'm just, how are we ideologies. going to advocate for the credulity of a thousands of years old document that was scribed by any number of people and compiled by random folks over the course of millennia, all of which basically could be construed as the ramblings of a madman just written down over several days and uh, given, uh, ascribed to different names as we've gotten from, you know, the Philadelphia uh, incident or any other situations like that, so... On the seventh day of the trial, this is where it gets good. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. On the seventh day of the trial, the defense, specifically Clarence Darrow, uh, asked the judge to call William Jennings Bryan as a witness in an effort to demonstrate that belief in the historicity of the Bible and its many accounts of miracles was reasonable. Wait. Miracles. Was I reasonable? think it was supposed to be not un uh, unreasonable. That sounds reasonable. Mm. Uh, Brian accepted on the understanding that Darrow would in turn submit to questioning by Brian. Oh, I see. Yes. Uh, Judge Ralston then adjourned court to stand on the courthouse lawn instead of in the actual courthouse because he was, quote, afraid of the building, uh, unquote, with so many spectators crammed into the courtroom. But it was probably because of the stifling heat, because this was Tennessee and it was in the middle of the summer. Oh, so boy. this is probably the most Bible part that we'll get into this whole thing. But oh, an area of questioning involved. So now we're at the examination of Brian as a witness, right? Okay. An area of questioning involved the book of Genesis. Um, Darrow used these examples, used the following examples. Uh, to suggest that the stories of the Bible could not be scientific and should not be used in teaching science. So, at one point, Darrow asked where Cain got his wife, which is a fair question, right? <laughs> Brian answered that he would, quote, leave the agnostics to hunt for her, unquote. Darrow addressed the issue of the temptation of Eve by the serpent, Brian insisted that the Bible be quoted verbatim rather than allowing Darrow to paraphrase it in his own terms. Darrow also asked how Jesus could come back after three days, mentioning how Jesus' body would have been severely decomposed at that time. Brian replied, replied with the definition of a miracle, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention, wow, I don't know why I had to struggle with that word, uh, in human affairs. 
God brought back, huh? Go for it. God brought back Jesus on Easter Sunday for a reason. And that reason is clear and evident in the Bible. Now, um, I might be quibbling here over language, but I'm going to call bullshit on that last one because you said he was focused on Genesis primarily, <laughs> and that is not contained in Genesis. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. it was bullshit. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> oh, so maybe we will see you in a mustache. Uh, no, you've already missed um, <laughs> two. Mm. So who knows? You, you, you might, you might, uh, you know, even if I, even if I throw out the false, the your false accusations your your wrong guesses you might still get three who maybe maybe okay so yeah you're right he's not in genesis he's not even in the old testament yeah okay i do like that you went to get the definition of a miracle though or a miracle as you call it i looked it up i literally took like the dictionary.com definition of it can we uh, committing for sure can we make that a new thing that uh, if we want to ever insult someone's intelligence call it an a miracle Oh, did I? It's, uh, a mar- it's an American. It's, it's an American. The M is silent, obviously. It's like how you do A-N for hour. For it's an hour. No, the way you pronounced it was miracle as opposed to miracle. But I thought it's Mar- brilliant. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's from America. It's a, I, a I guess it's I like have embraced the Southern culture or the Southern like accent. I don't know. I'm shrugging here. And the words I'm, of I'm, our editor, Roll Tide. Indeed. Uh, yep. we are we are coining that though that is officially going into my lexicon from this point forward is if America. someone says random stupid freedom fries sort of nonsense about mm-hmm. you know some purportedly magical jew doing something brilliant i'm gonna say oh that's an america <laughs> well done <laughs> proven a miracle whip um at this point during the questioning uh darrow had told brian Uh, that you insult every man of science and learning in the world because he does not believe in your full religion. Brian's declaration in response was, the reason I am answering is not for the benefit of the superior court. It is to keep these gentlemen from saying I was afraid to meet them and let them question me. And I want the Christian world to know that any atheist, agnostic, unbeliever can question me any time as to my belief in God and I will answer him. So essentially... He's saying, fuck this case. I'm calling out the haters. <laughs> um, Prove I'm wrong. Prove exactly. I'm wrong. Uh, you know, the- I, I will defend that in that, you know, I appreciate someone who has the actual conviction of their faith. I, as That's I've, fair. I've mentioned yes. before, I think that is marvelous. And I really appreciate people who are that fervent in their faith and who can quote the Bible chapter and verse. Like, in, in all honesty, it's admirable. Like if you believe that sort of ardently, then I'm, I'm impressed by it. I will yeah. absolutely applaud it. I think uh, that occasionally we might just take a step back. And again, why are we arguing this in a courtroom? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just another one of those things yeah. where I find like in a matter <laughs> in matters of state, it's really difficult to argue that this is a relevant conversation. Now, right. you know, we can beat that over the head as much as we want to, but it's just that's the one point I want to make whenever we have those conversations is like, what? Why is this being debated in front of people trying a case? Anywho, so actually, you again, you hit the nail on the bud. Like, uh, so the lead prosecutor objected for the prosecution, demanding to know the legal purpose of Darrow's questioning. Brian 
gauging the effect the session was having, snapped at him Ooh. and said that its purpose was, quote, to cast ridicule on everybody who believes on, in the Bible. He Unquote. then spat on the floor and called everyone in there the R word <laughs> and stomped out. <laughs> I mean, and to, his, <laughs> to his point, like, I mean, yes, he is kind of casting aspersions and making it the subject for ridicule. I yes. mean, there's also the argument to the contrary as well, that the reason they're having that trial in the first place is trying to sort of put to science up on the chopping block in the same breath where you're like, <laughs> you're an idiot for believing we, that we or, you know, are, are evolved from monkeys. Have you, have you read this case? Because you are, you are calling what happens every time. I think it's just kind of this sort of churlishness is really, it's every debate that has ever been had between individuals who are sort of fundamentalist believing creationists and those who believe in evolution is it's just, you know, we, we have this as a constant argument of like, well, we're going by observable things. But even then, if you don't, how we have a series of events that can point to the Big Bang having occurred. But I mean, none of us were there to witness it. We didn't have documentation of it. I mean, it's just it's speculative based on known facts. Yes. So there's an argument from the Christian side as well. It's speculative yeah. based on known facts. So there's rationale on both sides, which is appreciable. And so now they're, they basically just evolved into screaming epithets at each other just to get it on the record. I mean, yeah, because Darrow with equal, you said the word venomance, retorted, we have the purpose of preventing bigots and ignoramuses from controlling the education of the United States. I do love ignoramus. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah. Does not get used enough. No, I agree. True. I have True I so rarely had the opportunity to use it in a sentence. A few more questions followed in the charged open air courtroom. However, after another angry exchange, uh, Judge Ralston banged his gavel adjourning the court. Bless him. He finally have a modicum of restraint. How is he banging his gavel on the lawn, by the way? Since I outside. think they took the, they like moved a, majority of the court actually out there out to the like lawn well because they wanted to make it an arena well yeah i yes i i've seen i think i've seen pictures of them in the actual like open air uh and there are like podiums and all that other stuff so i think they moved a lot of the stuff inside the courtroom out um the whole uh, i'm sorry turning a court case into a carnival what do you know definitely um, the whole confrontation between Brian and Darrow lasted approximately two hours and would have continued longer if not for Judge Ralston's announcement that he considered the whole examination irrelevant to the case and his decision that it should be expunged from the record. <laughs> this is an argument you have in chambers for anybody who yeah. has actually attended a court case. But then furthermore, let's go into, if we want American film versions of trials, this is exactly what you would expect to happen. It's probably oh, one yeah. of the causes for so there's... many fictionalized depictions of, you know, court cases. Almost oh, definitely. There's a, there's a movie written or that was, that was made in the fifties. I think it's the wind follows or, or something to that effect. Okay. Um, that was essentially a recreation of this trial, but under the um, like, but with McCarthyism, since it was a more modern or a more yeah. current thing. Okay. Um, do you, do you know what McCarthyism is, John? I I, um, I figured you would do. You it's would those Shane. who prefer his songwriting over John Lennon's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right, Shane. Thank you. You're All my right. best friend here. 
what I'm here for. <laughs> it, it, it was essentially uh, communist witch hunts in the 50s. Um, I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore. You're, you're right. Um, uh, <laughs> Wiccan, Wiccan followers. Yeah. I mean, it really is interesting. I'm not sure if we can dial down to what the actual origin is, but I mean, it is something that is interwoven in the American pastiche. Like we are really fascinated with court cases and it's, it stands to reason we are such a litigious culture because of this. But I mean, even outside of like film and theater and things like that, think of the number of reality television shows that were centered around a trial process whether yeah. it's the people's court or judge judy or all of these other things like we are fascinated by this sort of thing so interesting that this might have been one of the primary catalysts for that who knows i mean it definitely i would definitely argue that if it wasn't the main one it definitely helped spark the movement especially because of the media attention it got and the fact that it was the first case that was broadcast on radio yeah so all those things like your first experience with a court case, like you see something that's so like outlandish without, yes. yeah, yeah. Like you assume, unless you were a part of an other court case, you assume that that is what it should be, hmm. that it should be lawyers bickering at each other, making grandiose statements instead of just saying exhibit a shows the car was not parked there. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. I mean, spectacle um, versus stuff being bland, which unfortunately, if you have encountered a real court case, by and large, it is nauseatingly bland, like mm -hmm. very difficult to sit through without falling asleep. Yeah. Uh, so Brian was thus denied the chance to cross-examine Darrow, which Darrow had agreed to it. Although after the trial, he had sent nine questions to the press to bring out Darrow's re religious attitude. The questions and Darrow's short answers were published in the newspapers the day after the trial ended, uh, with the New York Times characterizing Darrow as answering Brian's questions with, quote, or questions, quote, with his agnostics creed, I don't know, except where he could deny them with his belief in natural immutable law. Okay. So it doesn't help when at least one person has conviction to try and give his best answers as he could within his own faith, and the other person who is agnostic which people assume like, and I've gotten that before uh, telling people that I'm atheist that mm. they think, Oh, you just don't know. And it's like, that's, that's agnosticism. agnosticism. Yes. That's entirely different. That's just a, an admittance that I don't know shit. Whereas but like, it's also the agnosticism is a, I would rather have a belief in something as opposed to saying that we are devoid of any divinity and that, you know, so agnosticism is, is kind of a plea of saying, I don't want to believe in organized religion, but I, you know, don't quite hold to the idea that this is all happenstance and it just sort of occurred. Yeah. Through a random incursion of events. It's definitely a vaguer term than yeah. atheism. Um, so now the end of the trial. So after the defense's final attempt to present evidence was denied, Darrow asked the judge to bring in the jury only to have them come to a guilty verdict. He said, we claim that the defendant is not guilty, but as the court has excluded any testimony as to the one issue as to whether he taught that man descended from a lower order of animals, and we cannot contradict that testimony, there is no logical thing to come except that the jur jury find a verdict that we may carry to the higher court purely as a matter of proper procedure. We do not think it is fair to the court or counsel on the other side to waste a lot of time 
when we know this is the inevitable result and probably the best result for the case. If that is not bullshit, I commend that gentleman for that sort of like bald faced uh, accusation. It is true. Okay. It's impressive. <laughs> so the jury was brought in. Oh my God. And then Darrow addressed the jury. We came down here to offer the evidence in this case, and the court has held under the law that the evidence we had is not admissible. So all we can do is take an exception and carry it to a higher court to see whether the evidence is admissible or not. We, can't, we cannot even explain to you that we think you should return a verdict of not guilty. We do not see how you could. We do not ask it. After eight days of trial, it took the jury only nine minutes to deliberate. Go figure. Scopes was found guilty on July 21st and ordered by Judge Ralston to pay a $100 fine, equivalent to $1,500 in 2009. No. Given the only, the only time he spoke, so he was actually sentenced before he had the opportunity to defend himself because apparently that's a thing part of the procedure someone reminded the judge and the judge gave scopes a chance to speak um he spoke for the first and only time in court he said your honor i feel that i have been convicted of violating an unjust statute i will continue in the future as i have in the past to oppose this law in any way i can any other action would be in violation of my ideal of academic freedom that is to teach the truth as guaranteed in our constitution a personal and religious freedom I think the fine is unjust. I mean, and that's a reasonable thing, considering yeah. uh, that if we're going to draw the obvious parallel, this trial is a witch hunt. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so Brian, William Jennings Brian, died suddenly the very next day after the trial's conclusion. The connection between the trial and his death is still debated by historians. Bullshit? So, yeah. It was actually five days after the trial's conclusion, but oh, okay. still very close. Um, so the connection between the trial and his death is still debated. I mean, if you're like, I can't imagine that would be a very stressful thing, especially if you're having your faith challenged so deeply, mm -hmm. uh, especially the man was like in his seventies. And, um, I, and I mean, it was a passion play, obviously. Yeah. Like he, he lobbied to get brought into the trial, uh, you know, so it's, it's not shocking. But yeah, that's, it takes a toll, obviously. Mm -hmm. So um, there was an appeal to the Supreme Court of Tennessee. I'm summarizing it. So okay. it's very short. So the Scopes lawyers challenged the conviction on four grounds. Okay, so I'm going to just list the, the grounds, each one, and then how it was rejected. Okay. So they first argued that the statue was overly vague because it prohibited the teaching of evolution, which was a very broad term. Mm. The court rejected that argument, holding, quote, evolution, like prohibition, is a broad term. In recent bickering, however, Evolution has been understood to mean the theory which holds that man has developed from some pre-existing lower type. This is the popular significance of evolution, just as the popular significance of prohibition is prohibition of the traffic in intoxicating liquors. I included that quote because I thought that was actually a good parallel, an interesting parallel to make mm -hmm. in that evolution itself is very broad, yes, 
but the specific reason of why it was being violated was john you're muted the dogs were barking so he oh okay cool yeah i'm trying to be a good friend i mean it it pops up on the edit anyway so it it doesn't matter either way um okay (laughs) so so it's you and your family apparently yes very much so in which case i hope the dogs bark for a million hours yes indeed um uh, no, I think it is a really interesting point to make is that they weren't arguing the mechanism of evolution and they weren't arguing, you know, it's from from a legal standpoint, you're, they picked the wrong venue to argue whether or not it was a just law. Because from a legal statute, they were perfectly right in saying, you were told not to teach this and you decided to teach it. Whether or not you believe that's just is sort of immaterial to the issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's reasonable for them to say. Yeah. Uh, the second, uh, they argued that the statute violated Scope's constitutional right to free speech. The court rejected this argument, holding that the state was permitted to regulate his speech as an employee of the state. That's reasonable. If you're as an educator, you are operating under different strictures. So mm-hmm. um, they argue uh, the third ground. I wasn't really sure. It was arguing about some bit about violating the Tennessee state constitution. I, it was rejected. Uh, okay. That was essentially it was it was about some wording of the law or something like that. All right. Um, they last argued that the statute violated provisions in the Tennessee constitution that prohibited the establishment of a state religion. Now that I will go with. It was rejected by the chief justice who said, quote, we are not able to see how the prohibition of teaching the theory that man has descended from a lower order of animals gives preference to any religious establishment or mode of worship. It just is, it basically puts forth the idea that there should be religion and that there should be some form of religion included there whether the lack of it is one that's being excluded is immaterial to them. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. Um, so with that, the court found the statute to be constitutional. However, they waived scopes fine because of a legal technicality. The jury should have been the one to set the fine since under the state constitution, um, Tennessee judges could not at that time set fines above $50 and the Butler Act specified a minimum fine of $100. Ah. <laughs> so Scopes was found guilty. The statute was found constitutional, but Scopes didn't have to pay the fine. So, so essentially s- smack on the wrist and a lot of dumb time wasted. A lot of dumb time wasted. And yes, I think I'm, I'm not going to quote 100%. I'm going to be vague as possibly because I remember reading it, but I didn't want to include it. The Butler Act was rejected later on with a court case in the 60s, like a Supreme Court case, I believe. I was going to say, um, like, eventually you have to just get into some sort of a, a, a national court at that point to try to overturn state law. And then you got yes. quibbling between federal law and state law, which is always fun. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, yeah. always a, a, a very intriguing proposition when you start getting into states' rights versus uh, national rights and, and how the Federation all fits together. I mean, that's kind of why we fought the Civil War, right? Over states' rights? Uh-huh. That's the argument. <laughs> so we embrace myopia as long as it's on a state level. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, of course. And if you don't um, like it, get out. <laughs> you can Another always move to Liberia. Enough. Um, myopic yeah mm-hmm. word of the day um yeah so that's that's it i i didn't want to really write about uh the 
kind of like ramifications and stuff because that got into it it was kind of depressing a lot of states passed anti-evolution legislation in response arizona was specifically mentioned oh i I was a little embarrassed um well the state is an embarrassment so I there would be an interesting correlation to make if you were to look at the educational systems and see which of them were the higher ranking educational systems since I believe we are still the 50th rank no uh, I have checked I checked I think uh last year we've moved up I think we're in the like 49 no no even better I was actually surprised we're not in like dead dead last we're like in the like 40th 42nd place but i mean we were dead last for a good long while which we is were not fighting a- with uh i think mississippi uh for dead Oof. last for and uh arkansas decades, was another one for for quite some time that was actually as lewis black famously uh put forth that uh, that was one of the running uh sort of claims of bill clinton when he was running for president was that he moved the state of arkansas from education from 50th to 49th Oh goodness! Uh, yeah, that Lewis Black joke is sort of like I don't think that's much of an accomplishment. Like, what did you do? Finally, give him pencils. <laughs> Good news, Timmy! You don't have to scrawl in the dirt with that stick anymore. We found paper. By golly, I, I do declare that this was made my lunchtime play far more complicated. What is the name of that boy that works with the glass down in town, Jonathan Watkins? Do you happen to remember? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Okay, so are you ready for the lies that you missed? Yes, please give me give me it. Okay, give it give it give me, that, give me that thing. The first the first lie was the uh, student re- told telling reporters that was a lie. While evolution is the devil's work taking hold of our once proud nation, I don't like the government telling me what I can or cannot be taught. Uh, I it just think, ain't right. I I smelt that based on the way that it was formatted but i didn't want to tell you that your grammar was so uh you know atrocious that you you said that it was atrocious grammar yes i didn't want to i didn't want (laughs) to at you uh in the point of saying that but yeah this that smelt a little odd to me but then again it's tennessee so he actually the the student actually said i believe in part of evolution but i don't believe in the monkey business now, see, that's a quote that we needed to have here. Yeah, uh, I don't kind of believe vital. in the monkey business is my tag for this week. <laughs> yeah. Let's in see fact, here. I think I think you got your episode title, Monkey Business. I think monkey I think that, I think that's just clear as day. Yeah, okay. and how? All right. Uh, let's see. You got the the chimpanzee as a witness. Oh, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Uh, was a fucking thing. <laughs> I give you kudos for having the balls to throw that off. It's an actual lie. So, so speaking of South it, Park episodes, fuck. So I mentioned, oh, uh, like the Chew- I, I think the Chewbacca defense kind of uh, came from this sort of case as well. Probably, maybe hmm. I don't recall. No, no, no. Sorry, no, that came from OJ. That was from OJ. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Um, but anyway, uh, so a little background. I had talked to Shane. A uh, couple, I think it was it was yesterday or two days ago or something on our chat, uh, mentioning that I kind of restructured how the lies were, like what kind of lies I was giving. Right. Um, because I, every time I describe this show to people, I always think of like um, talking in a bar, like you're just shooting the shit with people in the bar and then so, you start talking about a certain thing a certain topic or something like that. And you might like throw in a little bit of exaggerations here and there, you know, like 
make it more interesting, keep people's attention and focus on you. Cause you're like kind of just wowing people like, look it's at me. I know this shit. The braggadocio, the, yes. uh, the best term. And I think I've used this before and it can be a good descriptor you can throw is there's a professional wrestler who has pointed to the fact there's a lot of hyperbole involved in, in many of their tales as they sort of, you know, give one. It's cause it's always, it was a sold out arena. There were people hanging from the rafters, you know, sort of his uh, commonly used phrase is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Ah, yeah. So, okay, yes. Yeah. That so, is you could say similar. that we are beyond hyperbole. Indeed. <laughs> is, is that a reference to... <laughs> it um, is a reference. That was my old podcast, was, was oh! beyond hyperbole, because we always right. said it was the best thing ever, the worst thing ever, so, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, the next lie was during the, uh, during the Malone uh, passionate speech, he never said, or he never claimed i rest my case and sat down okay. he said everything else he promised there would be no duel because there's never a duel with the truth but he didn't immediately sit down and say i rest my case um because saying that would essentially mean that like the trial is over like we don't want to present anymore mm. right and then you got um you got the jesus coming back jesus wasn't in genesis and then um Brian did not die the next day. He died five days later. I would have enjoyed if, uh, you know, Jesus was in Genesis. I would be interested to see the songs that he had written. Or that would role. Be interesting. Like, what would he play? Yeah. I, I mean, he couldn't be a drummer. Uh, anything that really involves dexterity of the, the hands is a problem for him. I would well, you kind of called so. him out on being, like, uh, no rhythm Jew. So Yeah. I mean, so you'd, <laughs> he'd have to sing. So he could be the the next singer after Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I like it. And since Genesis has a song famed for sort of uh, the indicting of organized religion, then, you know, we might as well just go whole hog with it. So that was that was the, the monkey trial. That was well, the monkey it, business. It was very entertaining, Michael. I will give you credit where it is due. And I didn't uh, fall asleep. Yes, you, you kept it engaging, so bless you. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was going to be an interesting thing because it was just media and lawyer, like, fuckery. Like, it was, it's, I think it, there's a reason why this court case still, like, in different forms, still occupies, like, national attention. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, do, I do think, I do believe that this court case really catapulted that like what you were saying the that sort of national identity of court of the arguments of all these shows like i think this definitely had a major part in this in that but sort of do like, you declare it sure i do declare I, de it. I do declare it i declare <laughs> it from the rooftops it is also why media is one of the new gods so mm -hmm. and how Nice I, just, Paul. Yeah. I just uh, finished the second season of American Gods. You're talking way. about that, yeah. And I started reading the book again. So I'm, I'm going whole hog here. <sighs> Man, I, I, I need to reread that book. So do I. That's why I decided to go back into it. It's also, having watched the two seasons back to back in short order, you realize how heavily they pulled from the work and how evolved Gaiman was in the process. So I'm enjoying it a lot more, having seen the things they pull into the show to, to pepper it with. If I could get out of my my routine that I've made for myself, then, mm -hmm. I, then I'll introduce another show. But right now I'm uh, finishing up. I think I probably have, I've 
probably ends up probably being like six hours of gameplay left on Evil Within 2. Okay. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I didn't watch Ninth Gate yet. I was going to watch it last night, but then I'm an idiot asshole and I didn't realize it wasn't on any of the streaming sites. So I'm just kind of wrapping my head around. I was was trying, I was like, is it worth watching it with ads or should I spend the money on it? And by the time I was making a decision, I was like, I'm not going to watch a two and a half hour movie without falling asleep right now. I mean, there is, it's two and a half hours. It's a pretty long film. Uh, There Uh, is something to be said for, you know, we can, I'll bring my copy in and we can do this as our official watch along as we can all just sit and watch it from my copy on, on zoom. Ooh, turn it into like a, like a riff tracks esque. We should like do that. Boys That'd Night cool. In. Yeah. yeah, we could we could look into, I'm sure there are sites or peripheral apps that'll provide a cleaner look. You know what I mean? Like oh, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying we're going to publish it. No, uh, well, I mean, we can publish our audio. Yeah, we're going to publish the audio as like, you know, this is your uh, your companion piece. To yeah, because that's something how... to mull, mull around with for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because that's how, that's how Rift Tracks does it. Um, mm. Then... I, I assume both of you know what riff tracks are. Yes. Yeah. And there's also okay, a, cool. they, they started doing like a professional wrestling version of that. Shush, 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 shush. Uh, yes. They would have the individuals who took part in a match, go through and talk about the match as they watch along. It's become a, a pretty famed wow. sort of uh, process for a lot of the wrestling podcasts these days as they do watch alongs of, you know, matches or, entire events and things like that like spectating of sorts okay yeah so you can kind of float back and say like oh well this was an event that happened 30 years ago on this day let's float back and see what the climate was at that point Hmm. it's fun it's interesting it's interesting well uh next week what are we doing well next week we're going to be back to a a free form episode again and then after that, I believe I'm going to take up arms and we are going to delve into the uh, myths uh, regarding the filming of The Exorcist. I have been waiting for that episode Ooh. for such a long time. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I, I use that word far too heavily. I keep chiding myself, but it's like a, it, it is a show which garners a lot of interest. So I say it's interesting a lot, but there... it's going to be engaging. It will hopefully enthrall uh, Maybe Maybe I'll hold off, but the streaming site Shudder. Mm-hmm. You guys heard about Shudder? So yes, I saw reach. that show that it came up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Room? No, they're doing oh. a uh, they're they're giving a free trial if you use the code shut in. Um and I'm tempted to use it because there's a docu-series right now regarding myths around the filmings of prolific horror movies. Yeah, so it's um, kind of this idea that you know supernatural uh, events take place in films that regard the the supernatural or the paranormal. So it it's a lane that I really really enjoy and it's one of those few that I don't have to suspend my disbelief too much and it ends up usually getting me creeped out whether or not I believe in the shit or not because sometimes, you know, truth, uh, trail it back, you know, the truth is stranger than the fiction sometimes of like how things happen. So I'm excited for that episode. And also, uh, that's where Creepshow is, the new Creepshow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shutter, and that's so. Joe, Joe Hill and, and King, right? Yep, there's a lot of very interesting... The uh, gentleman who wrote Bird Box as well, uh, Malin, he's got uh, an episode that he contributed there as well. We talked about it during the other King panel that I did at last year's Fan Fusion. Wonderful. So. Uh, speaking of fan fusion, I'm not sure whether we want to keep this into the episode, but, uh, I had a conversation with Mary who, uh, 
does the the panels essentially and she had mentioned they might be scaling back so that they only allow like a group three things to to present so my five might be pared down so my thought was is doing these two king panels and then our live podcast if i was going to pare it down to just three of the things that i had put forth because the Joe Hill one, you know, admittedly, Michael has no idea and John would need to do a bit of more research to follow up. Whereas like both of the others had fairly relevant things that happened recently with both of those being films that were released last year. So it's easy to strike while the iron's hot. And of course, doing our own podcast live there with the comic book theme, it seems like it makes sense to me so those yeah. are the three i was planning on but if that sounds reasonable to all involved yeah parties. no it sounds great yeah. to me cool of course so we'll aim for and again that is now moved to september for those playing the home game so i yep, think it's yep. the 23rd through 25th but i'm not quite sure I'll, I'll double check on that but so that is what i will pitch as the things that we're going to try to keep active and that way i won't be letting anybody down other than the the fans of professional wrestling and the females that take part in it but <laughs> that's been a little bit chaotic with the individuals that i'm doing that with and they're not necessarily the most communicative of people on the planet strangely what? enough <laughs> Oof. for the carnival barkers amongst you so uh i think that will wrap us up in a nice beautiful and chimpanzee laden bow this week and yes well, thank you all for listening. We sincerely appreciate you being here with us week by week. And so thank you for sharing a bit of the plague with us. And we hope that you have enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed laying it down. And if you are enjoying it, please uh, feel free to follow up with us on all of your preferred social networking platforms. You can find us on facebook.com slash disinformed podcast. On Instagram, we are at disinformed podcast. And on the Twitters, we are at disinformed pod. And if you are enjoying the content and you have not yet subscribed, curse you. What is wrong with you? do so right this minute and if you dig what we do please rate and review we want to come up in a little more uh, of the folks you know general search terms and we want to be a little more readily available for those that might want to get into some bs with us so check us out there give us a like give us a review we'd love to hear your feedback and uh, i think that is going to bring it to a screaming conclusion or a screeching halt depending upon your preference Anything else you would care to disclose, gentlemen? I am done with this monkey business. Ha! Well, then I rest my case. (laughs) 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 For the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. Thank you for coming, folks. Don't worry. Scopes will clean it up. And pay the fine. Or not. (laughs) 